This is part two of our conversation with Angie Akers. Welcome to Coach Your Brains Out, the show that explores learning from the top minds in volleyball and beyond. With your hosts, John Mayer, Billy Allen, Andrew Fuller, and Nils Nielsen. And what can U.S. players learn from Dutch athletes? Oh, U.S. players could, well, one thing that I I admire about uh, the Dutch athletes really is the commitment to partnership, too. Like sticking with that one partner through, um, through all the ups and downs, and there are a lot of ups and downs. Um, but they also are really... Um, really vulnerable like they make themselves really vulnerable with uh, sharing their fears and the Dutch are known for being um, very blunt open and honest and there have been some team conversations where I'm my jaws on the ground (laughs) I can't believe that was just said Um, but at the end of the day it helps them cut through a lot of the weeds and then they kind of get to it and the problem solved and it's gone and it's done Mm -hmm. and I think at least in my experience a lot brews under the surface and then festers and then can come to a breaking point Mm -hmm. Um, but Dutch directness I think is uh, is something that can be used have you been able to implement that and have hard conversations like that it's it's so against my nature but I've learned I mean I'm getting better at it it's still a big struggle for me for sure I'm getting nervous right now talking about it (laughs) (laughs) but I'm way more direct than I was four years ago yeah yeah but it's 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 different for sure it's probably a good skill to be able to carry over to any coaching job you know yeah I think so too and also I think being a woman too because I I don't know I, I I can be very passive and learning to be more direct I think for me is pretty important yeah we can both learn that too and we're men uh and then i was wondering how they do their partnerships do they do they choose them or do you guys put them together or do they have a choice like can they break it up if they want to yeah we really believe in uh you have to the players have to believe in their own partnership for it to work so if they don't believe in it then how you know we don't see that it's going to work regardless so it really starts with them what do they what do they see and envision for it? But then the coaching staff needs to approve it as well. Mm. And there's always a um, underlying theme in the the program that there needs to be top eight in the world potential. So that has to be the um, the goal of the partnership needs to have top eight in the world potential. Mm. And that's, that's really lofty goals. Yeah. But uh, yeah, that's that's what it is. And uh, what are your thoughts on the current Olympic qualifying process? Do you like the 1.5 to 2 years? Is it too long? I, I don't like it. I think it's, it's too long and it requires too much playing. Um, what you see is players getting broken down and injured and then going to the Olympics with you know, being held together by tape. And I think what we want to see at the Olympics is people at their very best. And I think our our qualification system, it doesn't allow for that. It reminded me, I'm thinking of like U.S. versus Dutch training. I think of uh, U.S. players 
getting out maybe three days a week, practicing, you know, in the morning, and then going to work and or doing whatever else they have to do, especially thinking of, like, AVP players. I think they have AVP Americans, too. What's a Dutch player's week look like? Uh, our typical week, um, Mondays, Wednesdays, and Friday mornings, we're in the gym. And then in the afternoon, we have about an hour and a half ball session. Um, Tuesdays and Thursdays, we have a physique session and ball session. So, physique? What is that? So physique would be um, more timed stuff. So you might come out and do... Uh, a beach run 15 seconds on 15 seconds off a couple sets of eight minutes of that or it could be with a ball where you're going to jump max jump serve sprint to the net uh, block jump play a chip shot around you and then attack hard uh, get off the net and then come in for another like it's something that maybe lasts in between eight and 12 seconds mm -hmm. but it's a full effort and then we'll put them on the clock you get a 12 second recovery and then you do it again and we'll do those repetitive type um, practices once a week, something mm -hmm. like that. And then the other one will be lower pace, uh, less intensity, maybe more um, more sprinting with longer recovery times. Uh, so we our strength coach plans those sessions, but we make sure. So Tuesdays, Thursdays are the physique days, and then also a ball in the afternoon. So. Um, Actually, Wednesday afternoons, I think we have off. So Monday, Tuesday, Thursday, Friday, they're with a ball in the sand over those four days, six times. And then is it all in the same environment? Or are they going to the same, you guys go to the same facility? And I think you guys have been to our facility, um, Zouder Park. And uh -huh. uh, the world is going to find out about it next year because they're hosting the um, Invictus Games with uh, the rugby, world yeah. rugby. Um, but it's a beautiful facility. Uh, we've got six indoor sand courts and then three outdoor. So we mix it up if the weather's bad, <laughs> we okay. stay indoor. If it's really nice, we go outdoor. Um, our gym is on the other side of the, the harbor, so it's a little bit further away. Change of scenery there. Um, but yeah, we're, I mean, it's such a great facility. It's kind of hard to go anywhere else. Yeah. It's cool to hear about this structure. It just sounds so much different than the U.S. players. You know, you schedule, oh, maybe we'll go to Huntington today. Maybe I'll get a lift in in the afternoon. Maybe I'll, you know, it's just a lot of maybes and don't know where you're going to be each day. Do you think, I mean, I'm sure that, that helps them uh, to have a routine. But then do, do they also have work? Do they have other things to balance? Or is this like their full-time? This is full-time um, for all of our athletes. But there's an advantage to, to both. I mean, yeah. it, there's an advantage to having all the facilities and all of that taking care of you. But there's also the advantage of uh, going to Huntington or going to Hermosa or Manhattan Beach. Um, and also you can see it in like the looseness of the American players are, you know, loose. They're out there having fun and some dancing, do, you know, just you can see it in, in their bodies too. Mm. And sometimes I feel like uh, we are so structured that we get stiff at times too and always relying on uh, the structure of how everything has to be in place. So there's a balance, I think, and it's... Uh, Part of it is that me being, you know, an American and growing up in the California beach culture and the way that we have lived it mm -hmm. is very different than uh, the Dutch experience. Yeah. Yeah. It's it's more structured like um, like a 
indoor national indoor team. team it sounds yeah. Like, yeah, yeah, for sure. Yeah, I could see the benefits to both. Cool. Well, let's move on to the last topic, uh, the IBVCA, the International Coaching Federation, which you're one of the chair or you're something, some good title. <laughs> VP. <laughs> the VP. So can you give us some background on it? And yeah, why why it's starting? Yeah, so um, the IBVCA is the International Beach Volleyball Coaches Association, and it started because um, basically in uh, the sport of beach volleyball on the FIVB level, we do not exist. Uh, the coach is not allowed to coach. The coach is not allowed to take the shuttle. They're not allowed yeah. to. They sleep on the ground in the hotel room. Yeah, and uh, we're recording this interview on top of John's bed right now. <laughs> Yeah, I moved my bed. Yeah, so um, it was in 2017 in, uh, during training camp. There were quite a few of us coaches there, and this was a time when a lot of terms were getting canceled, and everybody was kind of in a panic because I think the prize money dropped by, I don't know, maybe 40% overall or something. It was, it was pretty drastic. And everybody's saying, well, okay, we need to do something. What are we going to do? And as coaches, we're, we were thinking like, yeah, we know the sport. Like we, there's so much, there's so many coaches out there that have been around for 30 plus years, you know, and the cumulative uh, knowledge of the coaches on tour is really incredible. And it just needed some organizing to bring it all together and try and get something done. So um, Danny uh, Wood Rodriguez, or Rodriguez Wood, uh, he's Spanish, um, coached now for um, the other Dutch team, Joy and Marlene, uh, but also uh, a Spain team. Um, he and I decided, like, let's just do this. Let's let's start this, and at our next tournament, we'll call a meeting. We'll see if people are interested. If they're interested, we'll get a put a board together and just start rolling. So um, we were in Itapema, and or maybe it was Rio. I don't. I remember um, but we had an awesome turnout and people the coaches were like yes let's do this let's let's uh, get something going we want our voices heard and the overall purpose really is to bring recognition to the profession um, it just helps like you can't deny that the coach is a part of the team at maybe 10 15 years ago you'd come out and half the teams would have a coach but now almost every team has a coach out here um, the presence is undeniable. Um, the amount of time and work and and effort that goes into it is is legitimate, but because the lack of recognition, it's making it really difficult to um, one for uh, for for teams that don't work in a federation and have to pay their coach. It's hard for it to become legitimate because it's. Um, you're being paid what you can. You're you're really you're sleeping on floors. You're 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 doing things that yeah, and the players aren't making enough either. So exactly, yeah. yeah. So our goal is to yeah raise that level and help. We have a lot of knowledge to bring to the table. Get our voices heard. Um, yeah. Has there been any progress? There... there has been very slow progress, but progress indeed. Um, Right now we have 60 members, 60 some members, and we've made a direct connection with the FIVB, um, and that connection basically gives tournament feedback. So, uh, in the regulations, there are certain things that uh, they're supposed to provide for coaches, like some shade and a chair at the the courts. 
Wat shade in the chair. Um, and you know, certain things along those lines. And now those have been put into the regulations. We also um, got a, a statement that coaches have to sign now uh, in order to get a credential because another big problem is that any player can go and sign their girlfriend, boyfriend, husband, wife up for their coach, but they're not a legitimate coach. It's just a free access to the venue. And that's also not good on our profession. So now there's a, when your federation signs up um, any person for a coaching credential, you have to sign a statement that says you are indeed a legitimate coach. You have the qualifications to do so, and you will represent your country and coaches in a, in a good manner. Mm-hmm. So that's a step forward. Um, yeah, and then we also established coach awards. So even tonight, we are giving out our second annual um, IBBCA coaching oh, wow. awards. Oh, so cool. we've got. I've got my speech ready. Yeah, John, I apparently wasn't nominated. My first tournament. <laughs> no, but for um, a men men's teams and women's teams. Oh. So there's four awards in total. There's the coach of the year uh, for both men and women, and then there's um, most outstanding improvement. So. Those will be given out tonight. You guys That's should show awesome. up. Yeah, definitely. Where's it at? Here, in this oh, hotel. Oh, cool. Yeah. Right. Why do you think uh, coaches have been so ignored on the FIVB? Like, where, where does that come from? Well, we think there are a lot of reasons. First, if the coach is recognized, then it brings a lot of expenses, too. So then you have to pick them up from the airport. You have to put them up in a hotel. You have to feed them. You have to do all these other things. Um, you have to listen to them if they... Uh, yeah, I mean, there's there's a whole lot of different costs associated with it. Um, so that goes to promoters. Um, and yeah, it's, 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 it's kind of the golden question, too. It's, Would you rather have it like the AVP where coaches are in the box? Or do you like the format of the, coach, the players having no coach during a match? Or even like College Beach where you can walk with them and talk with them. Yeah, we just had a vote on that in our... Um, in our members group. But me personally, I am fighting hard to get the coach recognized, but I still, what is amazing about our sport and what I like about it is that you have to train your players to adapt and think on the court for themselves. And I like that we can't interact during a match with them. You prepare them to do it themselves. And I think that's um, it's what makes our sport special because I think we are one of the only sports in the world that doesn't have a coach and ask a coach maybe tennis but even they're starting to get visits yeah and i think they can have a one time out a a match or something um i don't know for sure but um i i like that we we can't i like that at the youth levels and even domestic levels you can you can do all that but then when you get to this top level now players have to function on their own and i just think it changes the game uh, a little bit too much if the coach can be so active. That's just my personal opinion. Yeah. Um, last question on the Dutch. Um, why are their kids so happy? What is it about the culture and the parenting I'd style? Say always like rank number one for like... I wouldn't doubt it. It's an yeah. amazing place to live. Yeah. I mean, it's... Yeah, it's... The weather's terrible most of the time, mm-hmm. but the... the just everything, the ease of living there, like the transportation, there's no stress of sitting in traffic because everybody's on their bicycle and their trams and the trains and 
uh, bike paths are all so well thought out. Everything is so easy. Um, and it's just smaller too. Like you walk, I go to the grocery store every day and everything's fresh. So I, I go to get the day's food. Um, and everybody walks. They're, act, they're not super active in the sense of going to the gym and doing workouts and that sort of thing. But they're on their bikes and they're walking and they're moving. Um, and also they really value vacation. Uh, when you are on vacation and you're Dutch, nobody bothers you. Your phone, like, it does not ring. It's, it's quite different than the American uh, culture of all constantly checking your phone. Yeah. It's really just they respect their private time. And, uh, yeah, it's just it's, they, they, what's the saying? Like, Americans uh, live to work or work to live, whatever the saying is. But they, work. they work to live yeah. and they live. Yeah. yeah, yeah, right. Yeah, right. Yeah. <laughs> Americans, Americans live to work. Yeah, yeah live, live to work. Work, 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 work. Yeah, yeah, yeah exactly. Yeah. yeah, yeah, too much. Uh, I definitely the time I've spent there, I've loved it, and I could see why it's so great. And I, I could live there for sure. Uh, so we have uh, some listener questions uh, from the CEO of South of the Border Vacations, <laughs> an all-time great guy, Tom Davenport. Hey, Tom. Surpri- unsurprisingly, he had about seven or eight, but we we um, we brought it down to the best couple. Um, he said, during your prime, you competed and trained nonstop for a full AVP, FIVB, Australian tour. Would you recommend that players go train, they train Go Acres and compete year-round? Or should they sit on the beach in the off-season with umbrella drinks or some blend? How important do you view downtime, rest, and recovery? How? Um, what's interesting now is the calendar. So... It's all about scheduling. Um, I think going into next year, there is going to be a long break. Uh, but the past few years, there hasn't been a break because there's been tournaments in January and February and uh, even late in November. So there wasn't really time to do any of that. Um, but you had to be really strict on creating your year plan and making your schedule and sticking to it and not overdoing it with just, oh, there's a tournament, let's go play and just keep playing and playing. Um, I think there's there's got to be the balance of, first of all, you have to assess the health of your athletes. If they're young and and can handle it, then yeah, great, play. But as they get older, then you need to be a lot smarter and um, yeah, and strategic with it too, and weigh in the travel and what it does to your body and all those different things. So I I don't have any regrets about my career at all. I had a blast. It was the best years uh, of my life. But at the same time, I think that's why I have such serious knee problems now. Mm-hmm. And uh, I think, yeah, you, can you be wouldn't smarter. change anything. I wouldn't change anything, no. And Tom asks, uh, you've been living in The Hague for the last couple of years. Is there anything you miss back in the USA? I absolutely miss my friends and family. Um, but as far as Oh, and maybe Whole Foods. I remember Whole Foods too. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. But other than that, I've got everything I need there. He had said you have like a bat signal where you could like find a Whole Foods at any location Pretty you went much. to. That was one of the questions we cut. That, uh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, and this goes into this. You had a re- reputation. This is from Tom as well. You had a reputation of being one of the early leaders in eating healthy. How important is diet with the current FIVB players? And what do you do to find the right foods in places like China? Um, diet absolutely is important, um, but also again, it's a cultural difference too. Uh, the Dutch eat very different than I eat, so 
um, I stay out of it. Um, I do my own thing. And um, again, you, be, there's no escaping. Like with China, it's I think a warning goes out to every single federation. Like you, you can't eat the meat while you're there. Like there's they use uh, steroids that you could test positive for, and several athletes have. So it's not something you want to mess around with at all. So you have to pack your suitcase of foods that you can eat. Um, so that preparation is essential. Um, yeah, and I think also the there's so many young players out here on the FIVB tour too that are teenagers, you know. And yeah. I, I when I was a teenager, I didn't know anything about nutrition, and I'm sure they don't either. Um, but luckily, our girls are really into learning and all that. We have a team nutrition nutritionist who works with them, so they. But they haven't taken any of your the way you eat. I'm a little drastic. I mean, I'm yeah. the California gluten free. Yeah, and, yeah. yeah they love their bread. Yeah, you know, they, they love their, their bread. bread. It's good bread, though. It is. It's very good bread. <laughs> Every once in a while, I, I cheat. A little treat. Yeah, it's like mainly nuts. One crouton on your salad. Um, their last. Listener questions are from Brooke Niles, FSU head coach. All right. She says, what new foods are you eating or not eating? Big topic. <laughs> what new foods? I'm eating a lot of pate these days. Oh, wow. Yeah. Well, there's a uh, organic uh, natural butcher shop that's uh, like what, a 15-minute walk on chestnut gluten-free crackers. That are it's to die for. <laughs> a lot of people get really grossed out when they when I say I'm eating pate, but... It is so good. Even I even have Jeremy eating it, and he loves it. And they have different flavors all the time. So it's it's, it's, it's almost like cream cheese. Uh, I mean, not really, but like, you like spread it, right? Like, it, yeah, it, yeah, yeah. Some is chunky, and some is uh, yeah, yeah, really creamy. It's, it tastes good. It's really good. Yeah. yeah. Not to get Jeremy in trouble, but I did room with him for a little bit when you were gone, and I think his diet when you were in town versus out of town was a little different. Yes, and this is funny because a lot of his friends will t- they'll tell me this as well. They're like, don't tell Jeremy I told you this, yeah, but yeah. when you are not around. The toaster oven had some uh, pizzas in there. So. <laughs> um, and Brooke also asks, who is your favorite partner of all time? Aw, so. <laughs> Brookie the cookie. <laughs> <laughs> Picked. Oh yeah, yes. no, I've had some really great partners, um, but had a lot of fun with Brooke too, and uh, yeah, I played with Holly, Nicole, Brittany, Tyra. Uh, had some, yeah, a lot of really good times. It's, yeah, no regrets. It's <laughs> awesome. Well, cool. I think we did it. Thank oh, it was fun, guys. I love what you. Seriously, you guys are awesome. I love what you're doing. It's it's really cool. I'm, uh, I'm honored that you wanted to have me on. So we're thank really you very much. Excited to talk to you. Yeah, it was cool. Thank you for listening to Coach Your Brains Out, presented by Gold Medal Squared. Check out our book, uh, Coach Your Brains Out, available at Amazon and barnesandnoble.com. Or contact us for a bulk discount if you're buying for your whole team or club or city. Uh, Coach Your Brains Out at gmail.com.